my God, what are we going to do? Mandy Cohen's leaving. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Welcome to the show. Happy Tuesday, 704-570-1110. Where were you when you found out that our world was ending? This Mandy Cohen was leaving. 1-800-WBT-1110. We'll get, I, I will get into more of this later. I've got some, uh, some tributes to play. Uh, like, for example, here's just a small sample. Um, remember the, the Bring Back Summer campaign? We were going to not have summer. And then Mandy was like, bring it back. We were like, yeah, summer. Let's have it again. So thanks for that, Mandy. We got our summer back because of her. Not because of anything like the virus was doing or anything like that. But Mandy Cohen said, hey, we should bring back summer. And when she said that, summer was back. Yeah. Bringing it back. Summer. So we have some other tributes we'll get to later on in the program from Andy Cohen, who is quitting, abandoning us now that Omicron is coming. Uh, I don't know what she's going to do. But there is a press conference, the governor's COVID briefing at 3 p.m. Um, I will say that uh, the, the flip side here is that on the one hand, like I'm I'm absolutely petrified, terrified of what is going to happen to us when Mandy Cohen goes to some other gig and, you know, saves all of those people and lets us die. I don't know, uh, like what is in store for us, but I know that before we all die from the variants, I do know this, the person that's going to replace her, at least, uh, on an interim basis, um, guy's name is Cody Kinsley, a native of Wilmington, the chief deputy secretary for health and human services and operations lead for the pandemic response. Also the first openly gay cabinet member. Oh my gosh. Ah, where were you when you first learned that we now have finally in North Carolina, our first openly gay cabinet member. Like, on the one hand, we're going to be dead soon because Mandy's leaving. But on the other hand, at least we were completely inclusive when we died. So, well, it's just a really big news day today. I'm kind of getting whew, a little verklempt here. Uh, so we'll get into some more of the uh, the details um, uh, later on in the program. We've got uh, scheduled uh, also the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore. He'll be back at 2 o'clock today. We'll chat with him about all of the stuff. Also, the legislative session coming to a uh, conclusion today. And um, I want to spend, though, most of the uh, the time going over the, uh, the audio clips and some of the philosophy and some of the lies surrounding critical race theory, Charlotte Mecklenburg schools, and our K-12 uh, education establishment in general. So in order to get there, let me start here with the Salvation Army. Full disclosure, uh, the Salvation Army does advertising on the station. I know that. I'm a huge supporter of the Salvation Army. I've, I've, I have supported their work 
for many, many, many years. I don't know what to make of this story yet because I don't have access to the guide that they published and put on their website. I also recognize that's been taken down. I also recognize that the anti-racism slash critical race theory stuff has been infecting churches. I know it's infecting nonprofits. It appears the Salvation Army, at least at the national level, might be one of these organizations. I read through some of their stuff over the weekend. Uh, they've got a, a an initiative called CRY, and uh, this seems to be the, the 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 blowback that they're getting for being woke. This seems to be part of that initiative. Like I said, the 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 guide that's called "Let's Talk About Racism." Um. That's been taken down. So I cannot review firsthand what is in the guide. I can only go by what media outlets all on the right published or pulled out of they excerpted from this guide. And I don't know what's in there. Now, I will also say that I have noticed a nexus between uh, there's well, I mean, there are a lot of churches and there are a lot of Catholic churches, but there are a lot of churches that have this sort of focus on very similar types of uh, mission work that people can associate with critical race theory vocabulary. That is troubling to me as well. So I'm giving you this information because I don't know all of it, but I'm letting you know ahead of time, like I'm waiting because they put out another statement and it's just, it, it doesn't seem to be, Addressing a lot of the, the criticism. So the Salvation Army, according to BizPack Review, is uh, peddling, is a backpedaling on a recently issued internal guide that urged staff members to, quote, stop denying the existence of individual and systemic slash institutional racism. After receiving heavy criticism for the material that pushed ideas congruent with critical race theory. The organization known for its bell ringers collecting donations in red kettles outside of storefronts during the Christmas season issued a statement to combat what they called false claims about the organization's beliefs and defended their Let's Talk About Racism guide by asserting that they had done their best to provide accurate information. But then they also said that they were withdrawing the guide for appropriate review. It's true. Forgot to mention that the person assuming the uh, position as the DHHS secretary for the state of North Carolina when Mandy Cohen resigns, first secretary, first secretary in North Carolina uh, Health and Human Services history, I believe, with a man bun. First one. Yeah. So that's uh, it's a big day. Very big day for the Tar Heel State here. Alrighty, so the Salvation Army uh, under fire for a guide that they published on their website and promoted to their uh, to their people, and uh, they got a lot of blowback. So then they took the guide down. The guide was called "Let's Talk About Racism," and uh, they put out a statement. They said they're going to uh, review the guide. It says the Salvation Army has occasionally published study guides on various complex topics, including race to help foster positive conversations and reflection among salvationists. The hope 
is that by openly discussing these issues, we can encourage a more thoughtful organization that is better positioned to serve those in need. These guides are solely designed for internal use. No one is being told how to think, period. Um, They go on to say the claims are false uh, and they distort the very goal of our work. The truth is the Salvation Army believes that racism is fundamentally incompatible with Christianity. Uh, By the way, I agree with that. And we are called to work towards a world where all people are loved, accepted, and valued. I agree with that, too. Our positional statement on racism makes this clear. Yeah, racism is the lowest form of collectivism. It's one of the things. If you're a capitalist, I'm a capitalist, I'm a free market capitalist. Uh, that you know, Collectivism is terrible. I oppose it. If you're anti-communist... You oppose collectivism, and honestly, this is one of the problems with critical race theory is its collectivist nature, right? It reduces everyone to their race, or if you're of the Kimberly Crenshaw uh, philosophy in the school of CRT, uh, then you, uh, you recognize the intersectionality of all of your immutable characteristics by which you are oppressed. And so... It is a collectivist ideology, which is why I reject it, because I view people as individuals. If you're a jerk, you're a jerk. Not everybody that looks like you or has the same you know, gender as you or same hair color as you. I, 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 don't, I don't ascribe all sorts of motives and intentions and characteristics to people that share similarities with jerks. You're the jerk. That's it. Just you. <laughs> Oh, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the king's you. All right. uh, The contested guide was the product of the Salvation Army International Social Justice. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, there's. All right. So here's the thing. If you don't want to be lumped into a group, make it more difficult for people to lump you into the group. Now, I understand sometimes you're not going to be able to do that. I cannot change my race. People who prefer to view all things through a racial prism, they're going to view me as my race, and that's it. That's the first thing they're going to say or see about me, and that's it. And I cannot change their their views on that, right? That's just, just their approach to life. It's incredibly limiting, I believe, It's and probably just misery-inducing. But when you... Create your social justice commission. I mean, now you're getting into an area when you start talking social justice. Social justice is not justice, by the way. Because you know it's justice? Justice. Yeah, exactly. Just the word justice. That's it. That's what justice is. Justice has its own definition. And when you throw the term social onto it, now what you're doing is you're saying that there's a different kind of system, a different kind of retribution, a different kind of penalty, and that these things are going to be based on more subjective means rather than, say, evidence. Social justice means you're going to attach some of these collectivist-induced characteristics onto individual circumstances in order to derive a conclusion or a sentence, if you will, in the court of social justice. This is what makes it so dangerous. In their guide, in, in again, I've not read the guide. They took it down off of their website, so I cannot confirm its contents. But in the guide, 
It reportedly asked white people to lament, repent, and apologize for biases or racist ideologies that have been held or actions committed. And if that's the case, pound sand. I've done nothing. I've done nothing to do to warrant my apology for what is this racist ideologies and actions committed. Also, it says stop being colorblind. Well, sorry, I really can't help you on that one. I'm a child of the United Colors of Benetton campaign. I mean, I'm a Gen Xer. We grew up watching the Benetton ads. And I got to tell you, the ad wizards up at, uh, you know, Madison Avenue, they're pretty good. They got me thinking in those terms for the rest of my life that we're all individuals and we should be judged by the content of our character. And if you got a problem with that, I guess you got to take it up with Benetton or whoever their ad company was, their marketing agency. Um, no, I, 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 uh, I refuse to adopt this, uh, this postmodernist view that colorblindness equals racism. I, I mean, the point is that you treat people with respect. The point is that you treat people as individuals worthy of that respect. That's the purpose. It's not that, oh, I don't see color. I mean, that's the joke. I don't see color. Well, yeah, of course you do. Because in our society now, and if the left has its way, we're going to go backwards. right? You're, we're going to start viewing all things that race equals culture. And if you want to start going down that path, I don't think it ends well for groups that are not in the majority. Whatever groups those may be at any given time, this is not the way to build a long-term functioning society. That's the danger with postmodernism and this uh, constructed ideology of critical race theory and how it has infected all of these different institutions, which I'm going to get to. And the superintendent of Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools, the uh, interview that he gave Brett Jensen yesterday is kind of terrifying. Talk 1110-993-WBT. The Charlotte-Mecklenburg School Board is meeting this afternoon to discuss the performance of Superintendent Ernest Winston. And I got to tell you, if his performance review goes anything like that interview we gave with Brett Jensen, I'm not sure he's going to survive. Um, Tuesdays. <laughs> Tuesdays. This is from WBTV's website. Tuesday's special, uh, specially called meeting. Uh, we'll be closed to the public. It was first published on the CMS website in mid-November with little details on substance of what the board will discuss. Multiple people with knowledge of the meeting will tell WBTV the board, or sorry, tell WBTV that the board will continue discussions about Ernest Winston's performance. The board's regularly scheduled annual performance evaluation of Winston began during a closed session meeting held November 9th. That discussion ended after more than two hours when the board members had to begin the scheduled public meeting. Okay, so they were behind closed doors. They were chit-chatting away, and they went long, and so they're like, all right, we'll come back to this, and now they're coming back to it this afternoon. Okay, so let me get to uh, some of the audio from this interview that WBT News' Brett Jensen uh, sat down with Ernest Winston. They covered a number of things. You can get all of the three parts at... WBT.com. 
I'm going to focus only on part three, which was the stuff about critical race theory in the schools. So Jensen started off by asking about a comment that he heard Winston make when he first took the job as superintendent uh, about racism in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools. And so Jensen starts off with a question is, you know, was racism a big problem when you took over in 2019? So Brett, let me share some additional context with you. All right. So first off, anytime anybody says something like that and they start reaching for their prepared notes, you know, they're about to not answer your question. (laughs) Okay. That's, and that's exactly what's about to happen here. So we, Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools, is part of a larger system, just as the healthcare system is, the juvenile justice uh, system is, we're part of a larger system. And we know that when our systems were set up, they were not intended or set up with equity in mind for all people who participate in those systems. And so my intention, the intention behind my comments was to say that we in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools, and I would dare to say in school districts across the country, in public education, we have a lot of work to do to improving the system to get better outcomes and results for all students. A lot of this work, it's not only about reading and arithmetic, A lot of the work we do is about beliefs. And it starts with, what is it that you believe? Do you believe that all kids can learn and can learn successfully at high levels? And so we continue to have um, a great deal of work to do to improving the systems so that all kids can benefit. Bingo! Bingo! I got bingo! He checked all the boxes on the BS bingo card that I've got. Yep, right in a row right there. Look at that. He mentioned all the work that we have to do. All kids can learn. By the way, I love this. He states this as if it is uh, it is as if it is obviously so that all kids can learn at a high level in CMS. Uh, I disagree with that. And you know what my evidence is? You, your test scores, CMS's test scores. Oh, wait, so you're saying that you guys are the reason why they're not performing at grade level? Why, like, why 60-something percent of the kids can't read at grade level? So that they all can learn at a high level in CMS, you just, what, aren't doing it? You don't want to do it? Oh, you need more money to do it. So you're saying that you're motivated by the money and the... Oh, it's not that you're motivated by the money. It's just that you need all of the specific resources to teach a third grader how to read. Because up until now, we've never been able to teach eight-year-olds how to read. Yeah, uh, throughout human history, it's just something we can't do. We cannot figure out a way to teach an eight-year-old how to read. They need Apparently, this is new technology or something that's going to teach them. See, these bromides that these educrats just constantly pump out like bilge, it's easily dismantled. Uh, dismantled. Easily. All you got to do is just start it, just challenge the fundamental assumption. 
Who is it that says, he, he says, oh, you know, what do you believe? What is it that you believe that all kids can be successful? Do you believe that that's the case? And he, he says, uh, we have a lot of work to do in improving the system to get better outcomes for all students. And the systems were not set up with equity in mind. What does that mean? What does that mean? That the systems... First off, you notice what he does there is he starts to use these words like systemic. He's not using the word systemic, but he's getting close. He's saying CMS is part of a larger system. What he is espousing is CRT adjacent ideology. And anybody who has looked into critical race theory, critical legal studies, critical theory, culturally relevant training or teaching CRT, which he will get to, or DEI, Diversity and equity and inclusion trainings, anti-racism with Henry Rogers, sorry, Ibram X. Kendi, right? When you start looking at these philosophies and, and you start looking at how they are taught, you realize very quickly that the, the corruption of the vocabulary that it requires is all in service to masking the fact that these are what the left calls praxis. This is a neo-Marxist, Marxist idea. Praxis, which means in practice, these are pedagogies. These are methods. This is how you teach. It's not necessarily we're going to go through and talk about critical legal studies like they do at Harvard. No, 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 no. It's methodology. It's how we teach things. That's how you end up with a, uh, uh, a lesson on how math is racist. Right, it's a methodology. Oh, I'm 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 just getting started here with Ernest Winston. News Talk 1110-993 WBT. Charlotte Mecklenburg School Superintendent Ernest Winston sat down for an interview with WBT News's Brett Jensen the other day. Uh, the full interview and the other two parts are all available at WBT.com. And during this interview, uh, Winston lays out uh, what are these, you know, false choices that uh, making these arguments that nobody is making, but, you know, frames it as, you know, do you believe this or are you with me? Or do you believe this totally crazy idea or are you with me? And he frames these things in order to avoid the actual question, which was, was CMS racist or did CMS have some problem with racism when Ernest Winston arrived in 2019? And he doesn't ever answer the question. Now, uh, Jensen follows up with this. So you don't think CMS as a whole or parts of it was had racist roots? I don't think Charlotte Mecklenburg schools is any different from any other public school system in our country. Is that a yes or is that a no? Well, I, I think we I'm not asking, I'm not within the school. So do you think do you think there was a race problem? I think that all school systems have room to grow and become better at providing all kids with greater opportunities and access uh, to um, uh, the tools that they need to be successful. All right. So that answer is yes. Just in case you couldn't hear it through the word salad. The answer is yes. He believes CMS was racist, is racist, as as are all public schools, which is a truly amazing thing to hear a superintendent state. 
Now, Pete, he didn't actually say that. He said they have room to grow. He said that in response to the specific question. I'm not going to treat him any differently than I would treat any other elected official or appointed official, any other government bureaucrat that answers a question that was directly stated multiple times about whether or not he thinks the schools in this particular district has a problem with racism. And his answer is, we all have room to grow. That's a yes. That's a yes. We all have. And here's the thing, too. It's a perfectly defensible position. <laughs> That's what's really amazing about it. Of like, of all the school districts that, like, if you're ever asked to make an argument, hey, is Charlotte Mecklenburg schools as a district, does it have a, a, a history of racism? Yes. Yes, it does. In fact, it went to court over the racism. They got sued. Julius Chambers, the Swan decision, race-based busing that lasted for 30 years. It has a very clear history of this. So if ever you were going to make an argument for this case, it seems like you could make it with CMS, but he refuses to do it. He refuses to state it. Why would you refuse to state that? You feel like you're trying, like he's trying to gotcha with this question? If you want to have the honest discussion about race and schools and how you teach racism and such, then it requires you to be honest. Right? You don't get to you don't get to say that CRT isn't being taught and you guys are all crazy and then at the same time refuse to engage when asked with the specific direct question. Especially when the answer is so obvious. This is what kills me. Brett Jensen then asks Ernest Winston, the superintendent, if he understands why the Ibram X. Kendi event that CMS paid for, $25,000 for a 45-minute speech, which I think, I did the math on that, I think it worked out to be something, it was like $500-something a minute, I think, something like that. Um, I mean, that's, I mean, that's like, yeah, I was gonna say that uh, it's sort of a long producer Ryan kind of pay. That's that's yeah, five hundred bucks a minute or so. Uh, so he was asked about why he uh, whether or not he understands why that Kendi event was so controversial. So we're human beings, right? We're we're not machines. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, that's actually Kendi. I played the wrong clip. It's this one. These are difficult topics, and it is challenging, right? Yeah, for everyone to acknowledge why we need to have such conversations that what what a oh my god what a coward these are difficult topics you hear what he just did there these are difficult topics and and it's hard for people to acknowledge why we need to have them yet you were just given an opportunity to have it and you refused you couldn't even restate the question, like he 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 pulls the ripcord on this. Listen to the beginning. It he pulls the ripcord. He bails on what this statement should have actually said, and he goes to a more benign place. These are difficult topics. Difficult topics, and it is challenging for everyone to acknowledge why we need to have such conversations. 
or maybe it's difficult to actually have them. But are you saying that we haven't even gotten to a point where we can have the conversations? Is that because you claim, I would submit this is a lie, by the way, and I'm getting to that, that this stuff isn't in the schools when it clearly is in the schools? So you're going to lie to me that it's that it's not in the schools, and then you're going to say that these are really difficult conversations to have, but then you kind of maybe realize that as you say that, I might say back to you, hey, why are these difficult conversations why would you think that? Because you just said we're not having them. Oh, but now it's, no, no, we just need to acknowledge that we need to have them. See what I mean? He pulls the ripcord. Rather than just stating these are difficult conversations that we need to have, he says that we need to acknowledge we need to have. So he kind of gives us one step removed. It's cowardice. If you're going to run all of your leadership through a Kendi book club for a year, By God, man, stand up and defend it. Stand up and defend it. It's important that we continue to provide our staff in Charlotte Mecklenburg schools with the professional development that they need in order to be able to serve all children well. And so while I understand that the topic is uh, controversial, it can be for some, uh, this is about the work to improve student outcomes. And an important part of that is disrupting the systems that are in place that have been in place for too long Mm. that do not serve all kids well. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. So Ibram X. Kendi had to come and speak in the Zoom call to the principals and teachers in order to improve the kids' education. That's what he just said there. That the only way that we can make sure that the kids are reading at a third grade level or a fifth grade level or an eighth grade level is to bring in Kendi to talk about anti-racism to the teachers and the principals and the administrators. Also, we have to disrupt the systems. Disrupting the systems. You know who talks like that? It rhymes with critical race theorists. (laughs) 